Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. The first thing that went through my mind was like, what did I get myself into? Because the other people around the table were making three, four, five, seven million dollars a year. And here I was. Today on episode 525 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the strategist for men in business, Pradeep Sangha. We're in unprecedented times, and I hope stories like these can help give you some ideas you can use to find opportunities in the midst of the disruption. In today's episode, I'm going to ask Pradeep how we can create the life we want and have a positive impact on others and much more. You can find out more about Pradeep along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Right now, digital marketing is more important than ever to keep your business going. Your clients need to know you're here to help them deal with their challenges. Our friends at SiteHub have many resources to help your audiences stay aware of how you can help them. Contact SiteHub today at yoursitehub.com. That's yoursitehub.com. Now, let's welcome Pradeep Sangha. Pradeep is widely known as the strategist for men in business and teaches men how to become a profit-multiplying powerhouse. He's the founder behind the movement hashtag men who win, men who are mindful alpha males. Pradeep, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. I truly appreciate it. Pradeep, what is a mindful alpha male? And it sounds to me like it's a bit of an oxymoron. <laughs> well, these days it could be, right? Well, let's take a look at the alpha male, uh, first of all, because I think that that term has been a little bit misconstrued here. But the term alpha male, obviously, there's a male component, but the term alpha is really a Greek word for beginning. And it's really creation. So every man in their life ha needs to and has the ability to create the life that they want. And so if you don't create the life that you want, you end up living a life that you're handed to. Basically, uh, someone has handed to you, whether that's society, whether that's your social circle, or just the circumstances that you're facing in life, that's how a lot of men end up living, is just living with everything that's given to them and not being able to create the life that they really want for themselves. The other side, though, is, is we have a lot of challenges, especially in today's society, with men getting what they want and not being mindful of the impact or the implications of what their behavior is like, what their thinking is like, what they're teaching, what they're preaching. And in a lot of cases, it can have a harmful effect on society. So being mindful is not only just being present in today, basically what's in front of you and the people around you, but also the ripple effect that it has on people and the society as a whole. So if I was to sum it up, it's a, a basically a man that has the life that he wants, that gets the things that he wants out of life, whether that's the business, the relationships, whether it's a prosperity, but also has a positive impact on not only himself, but his family members, his social circle, and the community as a whole. Right. And I would imagine that to begin to get the life that you want, you have to know what you want. Exactly. That's where it starts off. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So how did you figure out the life that you wanted? Oh, wow, because I, I was living a path that I didn't want to live. I think that's ultimately it, right, is uh, the, the whole negative feedback situation. I, I figured it out because I did the things that didn't make me happy in life. And so I lived a I spent 14 years in the corporate world and that was great, but that really, really wasn't who I was inside. I was had an, always had an entrepreneurial spirit and um, I always wanted to have my own business. 
So that's that's one thing that was always inside of me. So to find out what you want, I think the biggest thing to do is, and this is something that I've I've kind of done over the years, is I do a lot of meditation, I do a lot of mindfulness practices that have brought out, you can say, the true feelings and the emotions that I want to feel in life. And so what I did essentially was to say, how do I want to feel in life on a consistent basis in terms of the emotions? What kind of lifestyle will actually support that? And then what kind of career or business will actually support that lifestyle? And so I kind of went from the end goal and worked my way backwards, whereas most people end up doing it the other way around. They automatically get a career or the business and they find out that it's creating a lifestyle that they don't want. And then in turn, they don't have the emotions that they want. Well, yeah, I'm just reflecting on on my own path, which actually has a lot of similarity to yours, which is I was 28 years as an employee and the last 14 as an entrepreneur. And there were certain things that worked fine as an employee, um, but then there were a lot of things that didn't. And as an entrepreneur, having greater control over what I do day to day and my destiny is a much better fit for who I am. And I realized working backwards that school sets, at least for me, it set me up on a path where I was pushed in a particular direction, which led to being an employee first and for quite a number of years. Yeah, wow. And I think this is this this concept of your business or your career and work is separate from your personal life really doesn't exist because if we take a look at it from a science perspective or neuroscience perspective, we all have the majority of our thoughts are unconscious and the average person has 60 to 80,000 plus thoughts every single day. And up to 99% of those thoughts are at the unconscious level. So we don't even know what we're thinking most of the time. Our brain is just doing that behind the scenes. And so our if we're not happy in our career or our business, then it's impacting our personal life without a shadow of a doubt. We just might not be aware of it. And it might be impacting our emotional basically patterns or stability or how we're making decisions. So it's important, I believe, you know, not that every single person lives out, you know, their perfect career but or their perfect business, but there has to be some kind of alignment there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say um, I couldn't agree more. For me, the fact that there there wasn't enough integration between my personal life and the way in which I was working um, was always a friction. It may not have been a huge friction, but it was constantly there. Yes. Yeah. And that friction causes a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. So Pradeep, what, what caused you to go into corporate in the first place? Well, that's actually really interesting. I just, uh, you could say two things. One is my parents said, because they immigrated from India and they had next to nothing and they worked hard for minimum wage for a number of years before they had their own business. And they said, pretty, we don't want you to struggle like we did. We want you to get an education. And so I went down the academic path and I studied uh, sciences. I studied business. And I, you could say I just kind of fell into the corporate world and I excelled at it. I was very good at it. I was a high performer. So I climbed the ladder very quickly. And I was, you could say I was making good money. I had all the perks. I was an executive before basically I left. So for the, you know, uh, you know, half of my corporate years, I was an executive and I was living a great life on paper, right? It felt like I had it all. I had the salary, I was traveling the world, I was doing all kinds of cool stuff, but I just wasn't happy. So that, that was the impetus for me to really say, you know, enough is enough and it's time to move on. And what was the trigger that actually made you go from employee to entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. So I was, 
I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I was, you could say, doing side businesses. But the moment for me that I said, you know what, I'm done with the corporate world was really, I, it was one particular day that I was sitting there. I do Sundays are my self-development days and I really spend time reading and personal development. And I was reading all these books and it was almost like it was a perfect storm. It was, I, it's hard to explain, but that moment was just kind of, I looked at my life and I said, is this the life I really want to live? And I said, no. And I walked into work. And basically, I sat there and I remember sitting there with the other executives around the table and they were talking. And honestly, inside of me, part of me was saying, you guys are just full of it because I was I was watching some, you know, we we were having conversations, but I knew without a shadow of a doubt that a lot of people around the tables weren't actually living up to what they were talking about. We were talking about corporate values and what, you know, how we put our clients first and all this, all these conversations that sounded good, but we were just not living up to. So I basically, I went into work, I took a week off, and when I came back, I quit. Man, so you took a week off right from that day? Yeah, yeah, I went in, I said, I can't do this. I said, I, I'm gonna go on vacation. And in between there, I basically told my wife, I said, I'm gonna be, I'm done. And she said, are you serious? Because my whole corporate c- career, you can say, I, I built it specifically, I was very intentional. I had managed every almost every single division within a large corporate environment, and my goal was to be a CEO of a major corporation. And I was well known in the industry, and I was I was considered you could say a hot hotshot, and I had everything planned out for me. So for me to say I'm I'm done with this, my wife was kind of freaking out. She said, "Are you sh- like what's happening? What's going on?" And she said, "But I can see it in your eyes. You're going to do this." And I said, "Yeah." And I literally just walked in and I quit. Everybody was shocked. People thought I got fired. My parents thought that something was wrong with me. Maybe I'm having some kind of a crisis. Some people even thought that I had an accident and I'd had to hurt my head. So it was really interesting to see the people's responses. Yeah. What What was the most uh, most unexpected response you got from somebody? In all honesty, it was the response that I got from the other executives around the table. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was almost like it was a cold shoulder. And uh, that, that, was probably the biggest challenge. You know, I, I'm not going to lie that I, I'm not going to say it didn't hurt because it did. And I was just like, it, it was the oddest, you can say, experience because I wanted to go on my own and do my own thing. But it was almost like I was shunned for it. Right. So did that mean that you were going to have a difficult time using the relationships with the people that you had worked with as part of your next phase in your work? Oh, absolutely. So part of my thing was to actually go back and potentially, because I had a ton of experience, I could have gone back and consulted, but it was just, uh, in a way, it was a really good thing that happened for me because that old saying of burning all bridges, right? You have no options. Uh, I found a completely different path, which has been great, phenomenal. So yeah, it I had no opportunity to really go back and, and actually use those same ties. You know, it's interesting because in the other podcast that I host, Going Solo, which is focused on high achieving professionals building their own business following a late career job loss. One of the things that many people talk about is if you've been let go and it's not due to performance, then one of the most important things to do, even though you may not feel warm and fuzzy towards the people that you had been working with, one of the most important things to do is to maintain as good relations as possible with those people because that's your network and those are the people that can actually help you get clients as a consultant or a coach or uh, someone in a professional service business. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the things, because I coach a lot of consultants and coaches right now, and that's one of the easiest ways to get business is to go back and take a look at your existing network. 
Yeah. So you had to start fresh. Yes, I did. Definitely. How long did it take you before you were like onto something new and different where you felt you had reached some stability? Uh, well, I, you know, I was fairly lucky. You could say the first few months were tough, but here's, here's basically what happened to me, um, David. It's an interesting story. As I basically said, uh, so I have a marketing background as well as very student marketing, but I said, hey, look, I'm building this coaching consulting firm. What is the fastest way for me to do? And I said, I'm going to reach out to someone that's really well known in the industry and learn from them. So I had the opportunity to spend, I spent a lot of money and it was really interesting because I applied for it, not thinking that I would actually get in. It was a two day private session with this individual and, and three or four, no, sorry, four or five other individuals around the table, but they all had to be making seven figures and above. And there's no way at that time that I was making that just starting brand basically new. And I just applied anyways, but it just so happened that my application somehow got approved and I showed up at this person's house. At, well, first of all, I said, oh my God, I can't believe I'm, I'm approved here. I actually have to pay for this now, right? Right. But then the part of me, other part of me said, wow, very few people get this opportunity and I have to take it. So I did. And I showed up. It was really interesting because they picked me up in a private vehicle, drove me up to this person's estate. And I started saying, wow, this is a great home. And the driver started to laugh. He said, this is a guest house. And uh, he pulled into the driveway and I pulled up to this person's house. And it was like it was like a Spanish, you can say, almost like a Spanish drug lord's home. It was phenomenal. And the first thing that went through my mind was like, what did I get myself into? Because the other people around the table were making three, four, five, seven million dollars a year. And here I was. But here's what ended up happening. At the end of the two days, not only did I get some great insight, but that individual hired me back. And so before I was on the plane on the way home, that I already had everything planned out. They had a check cut for me and basically said, you know, we want you to consult and coach our team. And so that for me was a huge eye opener to say, wow, there's massive potential out there and not to limit myself. Because that is the one thing that opened the doors for everything else for me. So I, I kind of got lucky. But I think when you look hard enough, you find the opportunity. And it hasn't always been great. It always hasn't been easy, for example. But you can say within the last uh, couple of years, especially, I have, you can say, I didn't even find this niche. I was kind of pushed into this niche. Um, where I'm helping male entrepreneurs, it has been absolutely amazing for me. And there's more opportunity than I could even imagine. So it takes a lot of looking. But if you look under enough rocks, you find that opportunity that just takes you where you want to go. Pradeep, how did you feel about applying for this kind of program when you thought that you didn't qualify because of what you just mentioned about the revenue of other folks that fit the profile? When you had just left corporate. I'm assuming that your revenue was probably pretty small or zero at, the, at, the, <laughs> at this point. And you're so so here you're applying for something. You don't think you're, you're qualified and it's going to cost a ton of money. And you have essentially no business or just about no business coming in. How did it feel? <laughs> well, here, here's what went through my mind. First of all, it was I don't think I'm going to get in anyways, so I'm just going to try. That was my first, my honest, my thought was, I'm just going to, I didn't think I was going to get in. That was the first piece. But the second part for me, and this is how I live my life is I didn't want to leave any stone unturned and I didn't want to have any regrets. And so that's how I operate and it's been good and it's worked well for me. Uh, and so those were the two things. I honestly didn't think I was going to get in. And the second one was, Hey, you know what? I got to do it. If there's an opportunity, I'll try it. Sounds good. 
So who's your ideal client now? Oh, so my ideal client now, so I, I have uh, different uh, streams, you can say. I work with organizations that have executive teams that want to grow and scale. So they, they're typically under $10 million in revenue. And then my, my focus this year for 2020 is helping other coaches and consultants grow their business. And so that ideal person is, it could be a business coach, it could be a IT consultant, it could be a life coach, or just a knowledge expert that wants to charge for their, their knowledge or their services. That's who I'm helping because for me, that's an exponential impact because people need help out there. There's a lot of people that need a coach or a consultant or a business coach in, in some way, shape or form. So if I can help as many people do that, then it's great. And I've also learned a lot uh, building my own coaching consulting business. I've done a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have. I've been fortunate enough to work with some really great clients. And um, there's just a lot of opportunity there, especially when it comes to how do you position yourself in the market to really get results and get clients and grow that business to the degree that you want to grow it. And what do you find are some of the common mistakes that consultants and coaches make? Oh, biggest, uh, I would say by far, without a shadow of a doubt, is the first one is is focusing too much on their level of expertise or their skills and their systems and not enough of marketing. That for me is a big one that I see all happen all the time because people inherently or unconsciously believe that, okay, my system has to be perfect or I have to have X amount of knowledge so that I don't look like an imposter or a fake or whatever it is. And I've gone through this myself, so I know this from personal experience, is that they focus a lot on that. They're, they spend a lot of time trying to develop their skills and, and you can say the back end of having a business where the front end is the most important thing to do at the beginning because you have to be able to get out there, position yourself effectively, market yourself effectively, and create a brand presence and bring clients in because business is essentially two things. It's creating a client and it's actually retaining that client. But you can't retain a client unless you have that client in the first place. So that's the biggest mistake is not focusing enough on the marketing side of things. And the second I, I would say is comparing yourself to other people, yeah, especially in, in the consulting and the coaching space. It's very easy to get consumed and caught up with everybody else's that is having great success. Like I just got off a, a phone call with um, a gentleman that I've been coaching and he's making more money than I am and he's making significantly more. And it's easy to say, well, I'm coaching this person and this person's doing the in the exact same industry. You know, what am I doing wrong? But you can't think that way, right? You can't because that will set yourself back. You have to set your own pace and basically go based on the own, your own perceived value, not what your not what your competitors are doing. You definitely have to take that into consideration because, you know, you're competing with other people, but you shouldn't be getting up and feeling less of yourself by comparing yourself to others. Yeah. The way I see it, there's there's enough business for everybody. And really what it what it's about is finding the best fit between who you are and what somebody who is a potential client needs. Exactly. As long as you can provide value, that is the most important thing. Absolutely. So Pradeep, what's your dream for your business? What would you like it to become? Oh, my dream for my business is really um, helping as many male entrepreneurs as I can. That's my dream is to really help men. You know, I have a number that's out there is basically help men grow their businesses, be more successful in their business, have more successful relationships and really impact how they are as fathers and in the community. David, for me, the work that I do and, and why I've chosen this path as well 
is because it's having an impact on society. Because right now, I'll just give you a quick stat. In the U.S. alone, there's over 50% of children that are being raised without full-time fathers. We also have um, a very challenging environment for men where there's the Me Too movement, there's a toxic masculinity movement. We have men out there that are in very powerful positions that don't act like mindful men at all. And it's putting pressure on men. And so a lot of men are confused in terms of what it means to be a man. Um, you know, am I being too masculine? I'm not being masculine. How should I raise my children? It's actually having a very negative impact on society. So my ultimate goal is to help shift society so that we have more confident men that are able to have more uh, stable and better relationships with their spouses and raise ha- healthier and happier children. So that is my end goal. Sounds great. And Pradeep, if someone wants to learn more about you, get in touch with you, go deeper with anything that we've talked about today, where would they go? Yeah, it's very simple. You can uh, you can check out my podcast. I also have a podcast called The Male Entrepreneur Podcast, or you can simply go to perdeepsanga.com. That's my website. And or you can find me on any social media channel. I'm fairly active on most channels, so you can reach out and I personally respond myself. And so feel free to reach out. I I love having conversations with people and and doing what I can to help. Sounds great. Well, Pradeep, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest today has been the strategist for men in business, Pradeep Sangha. Thank you again, Pradeep, for joining us. Thank you, David. Pradeep Sangha is known as the strategist for men in business. You can get Pradeep's free profit-making powerhouse checklist at pradeepsanga.com slash freebies. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned how you can create the life you want and have a positive impact on others and much more. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Smashing the Plateau to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.